Hey, sure. How's it going, man? Good. What's happening in Seattle now? What's good day? And Seattle is Seattle. It's actually the best time to be in Seattle now because weather is great. I think everybody else, everybody else is frying when Seattle is like 65 degrees. So it's perfect time to be in Seattle and perfect weather too. Uh, I know. How's it here? I know. I know. It gets really gloomy and and wet. Yeah, but that's typically in the winter and maybe in the spring. But the summer is perfect. The sun is out. Temperature is low enough. Like 60, 70, so it's perfect, man. Yeah, so, enjoy it. for you now, for you, what's, what's the, like, the great difference between where you moved from Atlanta to Seattle? I, I think two things, uh, two major things. Like, if I could export the people in Atlanta and import them into Seattle, that's number one. And then number two, if I could also export the food, mm in Atlanta uh, and import them into Seattle that would be perfect actually oh yeah one more thing and then decrease the cost of living <laughs> oh okay, it's good. of course of yeah course. Atlanta is like New York and Miami minus the expense in terms of social life and cost of living um, I think Miami is a lot more affordable than New York or San Francisco I think Seattle is more expensive than Miami if I would rank them I'll put New York and San Francisco on the same, At the same level. level. Oh. And then right below them, I'll put like a Seattle and maybe a Boston. And then right below them, I'll put like a Miami. Uh, Atlanta is like just under, but you get everything in Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta and then certain cities in Texas, they're just perfect. Man. Yeah. Perfect medium of everything. It's, it's amazing out there. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second episode of Brick Podcast. I used to think no one gets excited more than I do when it comes to new tech until I met this my next guest. He gets really giddy when it comes to tech and he's very current, always very current. He introduces me to new technologies. Well, I will let him introduce himself. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, my name is Larry, Larry Laguda. I'm currently a product manager. I've been in the space for about uh, seven years now. But prior to that, I've been a tech enthusiast for as long as I can remember. So yeah, uh, nice to be here. Nice to be on the show. Yep, yep. So I, I would like us to start from from the beginning. I would like you to just give us very briefly your journey so far and what it took you to get to this point where you became a senior product manager with Amazon. Yeah, sure, sure thing. I had a very unlikely entry to tech and into product. All of that being said, like I said earlier, I've always been kind of interested in technology, kind of been an enthusiast too. So my first degree was in chemical engineering. Uh, I went to Unilag and then I came to the United States and I had a master's degree in engineering management, which kind of also had some tech in there as well. And so my professional career, quote unquote, kind of started, well, in the United States, kind of started when I joined Delta Airlines. I joined Delta Airlines as a senior business analyst out of my master's degree program. And then from there, I joined a few other companies. So I worked at First Data as well as a product owner. And then from there, I joined Focus Brands as a product manager, and then I joined T-Mobile as a product manager. And mm-hmm. then finally, I'm at 
Amazon as a senior product manager. So that's kind of been my journey so far. I know that kind of touches upon just my titles on the company, but what has it taken for me to get here? I think, I think the biggest thing is, I think for me, I, I'd always wanted to be a product manager when I started out my career. And I think that was before product management became like very, very popular. And I'm going to explain my rationale to get in there. You know, when I started working, I'd always been interested in entrepreneurship. And I think my rationale then was, okay, I'm going to work for 10 years mm-hmm. and then I'm going to branch out and do things on my own. Yep. Um, and I mean, the reason why I had that thought was, I mean, as an immigrant, you know, you're trying to figure out how you're going to get your papers and stay here. Yeah. And so I couldn't just be an entrepreneur right out the gate. And so that's why I kind of gave myself 10 years. Right, right, right. In the meantime, I thought was, okay, what the best thing for me to do is to kind of get all the skills um, mm-hmm. that would teach me how to be an entrepreneur um, while paying me. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's how I stumbled on product management because um, product management basically had the breadth of running a tech business, everything from marketing to sales to actual product development to QA to the whole nine yards to legal to everything. And so I really just wanted to learn the depth and breadth of everything it would take to launch a technology product from the business side and the technical side and product management basically was it. And so that's how I kind of, you know, try to plot my way towards this. In episode one, I had Ayodiji Fawadi, who coincidentally was trained as a chemical engineer and made switch (laughs) to take so and, yeah. and, and i need to say this part to our listeners because we grew up in nigeria for those who don't know myself and larry attended the same university college in in nigeria university of lagos i was one year ahead and but we never met because it was in chemical engineering and i was in systems engineering so i, I guess that was how we didn't really our path didn't cross but we had a lot of mutual friends that was so there were so much that we had to meet at some point. And um, to add to that, as it is in Nigeria, the, the aim then while we we're growing up is to work in an online gas company. So a lot of people, I, I would say it happens, right, where your, your aim would be to go to st- college to study chemical engineering or petroleum and gas engineering. So it's just so funny that episode one, the person made switch for chemical engineering to tech. Episode two, we have another person who is like directly the next logical step in, in this creating products in tech. Person being trained as a chemical engineer. But somehow, somehow, finds himself <laughs> in tech. So it's just, it's just crazy. I think I like the part where you, you, you say something about combining business and and the, the technology, right? The tech, the product. Can you kind of expansions a little bit on that because being an entrepreneur or being the company that you are trying to set up we're trying to create products you you kind of find yourself trying to not master but trying to find a way around how do we balance the business end and the product end so can you kind of give us more more light into that yeah sure you know i like to think about product management into specific realms so the first thing is figuring out what to build mm-hmm. and then the second part is building it right yeah, right and i think a lot of the business as product management concentrate around figuring out what to build mm-hmm. 
while you know all the technical knowledge is um, you know concentrated in um, it. and in in figuring out what to build, um, what product to build, it's more an art than a science, yes. as most of business is, mm-hmm. and a lot of it kind of involves um, so many different things. First of all, every is created to make money, um, at least enough money to you know continue doing what it does. Um, you understand, and um, you know as a product manager. Um, you have to figure out a lot of things at the same time. And it's only when, you know, whatever you're trying to do kind of hits a lot of those dimensions. That's mm-hmm. when, you know, you have, you know, you have something on your hands. Right. And so as a product manager, you have to balance a few things like um, number one question. And typically where I start from is how is the business doing? Where are we right now? And where do we need to go? And, you know, you could think about that from a few different dimensions. A lot of companies think about that from a customer standpoint is what do customers need? Mm-hmm. And in certain instances too, right? the whole uh, was the future of this product, you know. And so a lot of all of those things kind of inspire ideas for what you next should build, mm-hmm. right? And what your product is. Mm-hmm. There's also the creativity edge to it, right? Mm-hmm. As as an engineer by training, I think for me, I I'm a methodical thinker. I think it's probably down to my engineering yeah. um, training. And for me, all of it kind of stems from what problem are we solving? Right. I feel, I think there is a space for ideation. Things that will, you know, aid all of that ideation just to make sure that you're solving the right problem. Right. And so for me, starting from the problem and framing the problem properly. The right way. Yeah. Right. It's the crux of everything. Mm. Right. And so that will then also kind of guide your ideation and eventually what you decide to build. And so typically I start from the problem. So if mm. I'm able to properly contextualize the problem. Mm-hmm and make sure that the problem is in actual fact a problem um, mm. and validate that with you know people who have the problem mm. and then i can then back into okay once we once we properly frame the problem how do we solve it and then that's it. where the ideation comes in mm. and so once you have the ideation you think about you know you get creative about, about ways to solve that problem and then once you once you do that then at that point you need to put a business case together so what that means basically is if we do solve this problem, how do we, how do we get money from it? Right. How do we, I mean, because we are, we're in the business of making money. You cannot just solve problem and not want to bring money into, into, the, into yeah. the business. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. And the way, the way tech is right now, you could go your entire career and not be worried about money at all. I right. think that's a big privilege. Some of us then, have that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then in other scenarios, though, you don't necessarily have that luxury. If you, if you, have a, um, if you work at a startup mm-hmm. that, you know, does not have as much um, VC funding, you have to really actively think about how you, you know, are you going to um, go about yeah, money. stuff? Or, mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Or if, even if you work at a big company, sometimes you have financial goals, mm-hmm. right? You understand? And so you don't have that luxury. A lot of that kind of goes into, you know, figuring out how to monetize the idea you have. The good thing, the good, the good thing about all of that too is, you know, if you actually start from the right problem, I think more often than not, customers are going to be willing to pay a little bit extra. Hmm. You understand in certain cases, if you solve the problem really well. And in other cases too, it doesn't necessarily have to go down to dollars and cents. In certain cases, there are certain other things that aren't necessarily monetary, monetary yeah. you know, that also quantify value. So things like customer trust, yes. um, things like retention. Retention, um, right. In the case of social media apps, for example, you think about daily active users. You know, so all these interactions and stuff, that, yeah. 
Right, exactly. All these things are things that kind of quantify the value of what you're building. Mm. And so those are things that you have to think about. And then secondary to all of these things, so just recapping, so you start from the problem, mm-hmm. and the problem really well, um, ideas on how to solve the problem, mm-hmm. try to figure out how you know, you're going to generate value from it. Mm. And then I think those are the bedrock of um, you know, figuring out what to build. What and then you have, you, have, you have other auxiliary things, right, like marketing, like sales, customer, Just, yeah. customer care. If something is wrong with the product, eventually, how are we gonna think about it? But um, all those things I think training. Are, don't forget training. training. Don't forget training. Right. Training. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure, is encompassed in you know the customer care aspect of things. Right. Right. Um, right. The next question, even though you've answered some of it, say, I I offer with you, for example, this CEO of a startup company comes to you and say, right. I want to build this 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 product. What are the first few things that you would put in place to to actualize that? Well, I think first things first, like context is king. Mm. First thing is not jumping in and trying to, you know, put something together. Mm. Um, it's getting as much context as possible. Because uh, to be honest, at the end of the day, product managers are problem solvers. What we basically do is figure out, you know, what problem the customer has with a certain product. Mm. And I'm using product very loosely here, right? A product can be Airbnb in this context and yes. the Airbnb app, for example, right? And the product could also be a specific feature, which is like payment on Airbnb app, right? As right. an example. Right. So I'm using product very loosely here. For like for a product manager, I think the important thing is figuring out what are that a customer um, typically has with, you know, the existing product, if mm. it's an existing product, right? Mm. And then at the end of the day, it's kind of taking a lot of those problems and then figuring out which ones are the biggest problems or the most important problems, you know, to solve. And then, you know, once you kind of figured all of that out, then is making sure that you solve that problem the right way. The right way, right. Um, you understand? But if you, you know, if you, if you don't do that, at the end of the day, you fall into the whole engineering fallacy of build it and they will come. Um, nah. The risk you run, the risk you run with that is, um, you know, you you are solving a problem that nobody has. Yes. Um, yes. And eventually, nobody's going to be willing to pay you. And typically, right? Um, you know, a good indicator that you solve the problem is, you know, how willing people are to pay you for it. Mm. And there's so many different indicators, but basically, at the end of the joy of building a product that that solves a customer problem um, is at the heart of basically what a product manager does. True. And so, yeah, so I guess to <laughs> summarize the answer to your question, I think, you know, if someone like, um, let's see, if a company comes to me and says, hey, we have this product and um, we would like you to take it to the next step or we won't build it, um, mm-hmm. I think the first thing I do is get context. What is this product for? Why does it exist in the first place? Are there other things that, you know, um, solve the problem? And if they are, what are, if they are, like, is our solution superfluous to that? It's like, mm. why do we exist in the first place? And I think that's very important. That's right? important, yes. You understand? So just understanding the purpose of, you know, your product is going to really help with a lot of the decisions you make down the line. Mm. Next question would be in, in two parts. What does a typical day look like for you? And what are the tools that you use day to day? Because honestly, I, I think we've had this discussion many times where we've gone back and forth about a, being a product manager and a system engineer 
or a systems engineer, even also requirement engineers. I think, in my opinion, there's a lot of overlapping uh, responsibilities, which we've, we've really like gone deep deep into. But for you, on a typical day, what is like, and what are the tools that you use day to day? I think a product manager is very much like a Swiss army knife. <laughs> Yeah. Because at the end of the day, right, a product manager is responsible for the product through and through, right? And so what that means is you get into the employee of a company, you're responsible for delivering on a product. You have the tools that the company has, and more often than not, you don't have much more than they already have. And so in certain situations where those tools aren't necessarily enough for you to be able to execute on what you need, you have to become that, or you have to be very creative about finding ways to make sure that that gap gets filled also kind of using tools here very very loosely um, very loosely right mm -hmm. because tools involve processes that involves expertise it involves um actual like software tools that you use given all of that context to a product manager is so many things right and i think that's what <laughs> sparks the discourse yes some yes. people some people think a product manager basically does the job of a project manager for example. right and in certain other cases, some people think that product manager does everything to the point where the job is too stressful and they're like, I can't do this. Where all that comes from is, you know, when you get into an organization, you work within the confines of what the organization has um, most of the time, just being realistic. Mm -hmm. What you have to do is, more, what typically happens is you are forced to play the role that doesn't exist a lot of the time in addition to your own. And so that's why um, product managers typically wear many hats. Um, however, all of that being said, um, the job of a product manager is kind of like a chief orchestrator. You are, like I said before, you're responsible for solving a problem. And technology happens to be the tool that you use to solve that problem, yeah. right? If technology didn't exist, you would have like other things, you understand? So I think the role of a product manager would still exist, right? Using technology as a way of solving a problem, you know, there are so many things that goes into creating that solution. And so what the job of a product manager, right, is especially in the what to build phase, right? Oh, sorry, in the building, in the building or execution phase, is making sure that you guide the products through and through such that it solves the problem that it is supposed to solve. There are so many different hurdles and obstacles along the way that threatens to kind of derail the solution. And in certain instances too, you know, you have to get really creative about, you know, how you kind of solve the problem. And so the key job of a product manager is to make sure that, you know, through all of that, it doesn't lose the heart and the soul um, of solving that particular problem. Mm. You understand? And um, I'm saying all of this um, through... Um, you know, actually building a product through designing a product, through taking it through marketing, right? Um, through taking it through legal, um, through, um, you know, taking it through sales and so many other different aspects that may be involved in actually crafting that solution. Um, yes, even down to, you know, how the customer care agent talks about the product or supports it. And so at the end of the day, you are the chief orchestrator orchestrating you're orchestrating the band to make sure that um you know everybody really gets the context of what the product is and they're able to you know produce a solution that has the general theme intent just so at the end of the day right the product eventually solves the problem that it's supposed to solve
my day-to-day ranges anywhere from, um, you know, analyzing what to build mm-hmm. all the way through to actually building. So what that means is I may be speaking to marketing or customer care about, um, you know, how a product works and, you know, um, to be able to get them equipped to answer customer problems, you understand, or even be reacting to um, a big complaint from customers about a product right. already out there, right. um, all the way through to, you know, um, actually brainstorming about ideas for um, what we're going to do next year, for example, on a product. Mm. You understand, I'm putting a lot of all of that together. You know, you could, um, you could also have within the same day um, execution issues. So basically, into system architects or engineers about how um, you know the product is going to be built. So things like mm. how exactly are we architecting the systems? Um, um, what does database look like? What does um, and what does the front end look like? And how how, how do all of those systems work? Um, mm. All the um, you know being in a QA where they're testing a product that's about to get launched. And so you find out that, and you know, you could have a lot of all of these meetings back to back to back to back, back to back to back. And so, right. and so you have to like constantly switch um, between all those. And you know, the the core job of almost the only one that sees everything, everything as a whole, right. right? And so you know, while you're going through all of these, you have to constantly think about the bigger picture, Boss. And the problem, and Boss. yeah, Boss. yeah. So this this. Um, uh, talk of you have to have a holistic view of the problem. You know, you and I have gone back and forth on how that is supposed to be a system engineer's view too. Because as a systems right. engineer, you see how the idea comes all the way to fruition. So see where we overlap. See we're supposed to have an handshake. <laughs> <laughs> to say, well, okay, I mean, we're used together. <laughs> right, right. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't fundamentally disagree. I think it, it helps everyone if everyone is able to have a holistic view. Mm-hmm. You understand? Um, all of that being said, I think it is the responsibility for the manager, and so that's engineering may not be privy to, for example, right? Um, so for example, um, if there is, um, if there is a market. Issue. Um, right. You know, um, the, the, those may be things that you know, a systems engineer may not necessarily be um, exposed to. You understand? And so that's, um, you know, that's where, you know, the holistic view of the product manager comes into play. I'll give you that. But, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But at the core of it, I think uh, a, systems, a systems engineer, you know, um, should also have that holistic view because you're thinking about scale. Right. right, and if you're thinking about skill, you need to think about what is going to be required in the future for the system to be able to deliver on, you know, a lot of the business, um, business rules and business requirements that may come about, mm-hmm. and so that's why I said um, it's really important for everybody to have that list of you, but it is very pertinent for a product manager to have that because he's seeing thread across everybody. everybody. Right, I agree. You watch out for. As a product manager, when interviewing someone who's trying to get in the field, like you know that this person understands the concept of being a product manager. I'll say one key thing, and the key thing is because of how um, because of how popular product management has got now, um, and I think that's a good thing by the way. We need a lot more people um, to build. Um, 
because of how popular it is though um or it has got i think people lose um the core essence of what a product manager does and i think a thing that people miss the most is through the hustle and bustle of every day it's very easy to lose the core core fact that we are solving a customer problem mm. and you know even more important than that is are you solving the right problem right um and i think that is one very very critical thing that a lot of people miss most things in life we have limited time we have limited resources and you know in the perfect we would attack them and solve every problem however um, that's not the case most of the time and so it's the product manager's job to make sure that we own the right problem for the customer and that we're investing resources in to things and ideas that um you know will actually move the needle for the customer getting to the point where you know a product manager intuitively knows what problems to solve and making sure that is the right problem is really important before the you know rush into execution Mm. um so i think that is really important and then um so and so i think that takes care of the what to build part and then the second dimension of that is you know during execution um i think um the most important thing during execution is hustle. Mm. Um, um, hustle, and I think leadership as well. In building, in building something, um, you're working through a lot of people, right? And a lot of the time, you don't have direct authority over all of the different people, and you will get like you will get obstacles every single second. And mm. so, um, the important thing is trying to get creative about how you solve that those problems you understand and doing all of that making sure that you know you don't compromise on you know the actual solution to solving the problem that you've already identified before Mm. you understand and so through engineering through qa through legal through marketing you have to make sure that um you know um you get creative but don't compromise on things you shouldn't compromise on you understand? Mm. I think the biggest difference between um, someone that's experienced and someone that isn't experienced is, um, you know, it is reflected in the answers that people give. Um, so, like I said before, life is not ideal. <laughs> life is not perfect. And, um, you know, the, the complexity with product management is there is... Um, there isn't an official training model or a right. course in school, right? That kind of yeah. love this. And a lot of what um, a lot of product managers, um, really good product managers out there have is we've learned a lot of these things through our experience. Mm. Um, and so um, all of that being said, there there are some texts out there. Um, but my problem with a lot of these texts is um, they only paint ideal solution. Mm. And every product manager that's worth um anything will tell you that the whole job is not ideal it's not ideal. <laughs> and so and so you know and a lot of that is reflected in the answers you give and so um if i ask you a question and you give me the textbook ideal answer, it just reflects to me that um you know you don't have real life experience you understand and so um it's knowing you know what to compromise on how to compromise on it um if i if i ask um if I ask a product manager um, or an aspiring product manager a question, for example, um, you know, and they 
textbook answer or what will have ideal scenario. Um, a lot of the time, I know um, that usually that product manager is an experience. Um, I'll give an example. Um, so for example, if I asked you, um, what would you do if, um, you know, you had to make a last minute decision about a product that was um, about to get launched um, tomorrow and, you know, your cut of time is today and, you know, the product typically requires, um, you know, um, the product will typically require you to have, um, um, you know, um, feedback from the customer about what is right or what is wrong. You understand? So you mm -hmm. basically what I'm saying is um, you will probably need research to get to the ideal answer um, for you to be able to make that product decision. Um, what do you do? Um, you know, I think that's the gap that um, a lot of these texts do not cover. Mm. Um, you know, and you will get, you get confronted with a lot of those scenarios where you have to make a decision right now. Um, but in text, you know, they, they will tell you things like, um, oh, yeah, you need to go out and do research for five months. <laughs> um, customer research for five months. Don't but has that um, all of that is great. No, all of that is great. But in so many different real scenarios, you don't have that time. Don't in some cases, you don't even have the resources. Right. You don't have the resources. Right. Um, so what do you do? Right. Um, and so those are things that, you know, you will get you will confront every single day as a product manager. Mm. Um, you understand? Um, and so yeah, you have to learn the hard way about how to, you know, make those judgment calls. Um, mm. And that's what, you know, a lot of companies call um, product sense or product intuition, you know, mm. um, because you've already had context about the product in certain cases, you know, you are able to make the right decisions. Um, and just one last thing on that, um, you know, there's something called... Um, one way and two way door decisions um, at Amazon. Um, basically, what that means is, um, you know, you evaluate a choice based off of how re how easily reversible it is, right? Um, and you know, just bearing in mind that making a decision is better than, in certain cases, not no decision. decision, right? Right. Um, and so, a lot of the time, um, you know, the mental model there is: is this decision very reversible? If it is reversible, it's called a two-way door decision, which means you can easily go out and then go back in. Mm. Um, if you realize you made, a, you, you, made, made a, you made an error, yeah, right, exactly. And so, um, that also kind of helps narrow most things down. And you know, you will find out that most decisions are two-way door decisions as opposed to one-way door decisions. And um, one-way door decisions are, you know, you make that decision, um, is going to be really, really difficult, not impossible, you know, to kind of like reverse it. Mm. And so, um, you know, those things are things that kind of tell me that, you know, you have experience. Mm. Um, you so final question. This is a curveball. <laughs> this is a very curveball. And this is very easy. So explain your work to a seven-year-old. Explain my work to a seven-year-old. My job is basically um, to make sure that I build things um, that help them live their lives. It will be easier. Um, and, you know, um, I do all of that using technology. Um, so that's basically it at the core. At the core of it, we're all building tools to make sure that everyone's lives um, is a little bit easier, mm. right? Whether that is you trying to board a car or you trying to hail a cab, um, you understand? Or even you trying to watch something on TV, <laughs> you understand? Um, all of those things at the core of it is in the service of making sure that your lives um, are a little bit easier. Um, I have this... <laughs> Um, you know, coming to the United States, I had this um, 
perspective that um, the way life here um, is such that you are supposed to work hard at your job and then everything else is someone else's job to figure out. And so if, if it is too hard, some, someone isn't doing their job. Right. <laughs> um, that is true. Yeah. And so, um, and so, yeah, and, and so, like, every part of your life outside of, you know, your job, I think that's our, our jobs are our contribution to society as a whole. Yeah. Right? Um, it's someone else's job to figure out how to make that easier, how to make that faster, how to make that safer. Mm. And so, um, you know, a product manager's job um, is making sure that, you know, we use technology to make sure that every other aspect of your life or every aspect of your life, um, you know, is as easy and as pleasant as, um, you know, as we can make it. Mm. Um, that part of if something is difficult that someone else, someone is not doing their job correctly brings me to this concept of when I get a package and I need to fix, say, furniture and it's difficult. Right. I know that somewhere I'm doing something wrong somewhere because I know a lot of work has been put into this packaging to make life easy. So, Precisely. Right. Mm-hmm. Precisely. And, right. um, yeah, I think, um, you know, that's where that's where we all should aspire to be, right? Um, you know, because, you know, if, if it's too hard, um, you know, you know, you're probably doing something wrong. Right. Um, and the same goes for technology too, right? It should be easy. It should be intuitive. And I think that's the beauty of technology now. I think that's what a lot of really um, good technology companies have figured out, um, that, you know, you start with the customer and the consumer. And as much as possible, um, try to reduce friction. Um, as much as possible, you know, um, for those customers. It's not about what you think makes the most sense. It's about what is easiest or what is most intuitive for the customer. And build a solution that meets them where they are. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Larry. Uh, this this episode, I think, <laughs> we probably have to have a part two because we can talk the whole day on product yeah. creation, product management. Even We, we even get to touch the difference between Product management, program management, project right. management, and all, all technical right. program and the likes. But right. right, thank you for doing this um, episode uh, with me. I, I think you've touched on key issues and key key things that anyone who wants to get into product management product management would uh, find useful. Um, of course, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. I think, um, you know, especially with product management being very popular, um, I think um, a lot of people need a lot of grounding as to, you know, what is important. And, you know, I think historically there's been a lot of gatekeeping, dare I say, Mm -hmm. Um, you understand. And so I think it's very important to, um, you know, bridge that gap for a lot of people trying to get in. And Mm -hmm. we need, like I said, we need as many people as possible. And, you know, um, we need a lot of minorities as well because um you know whether we like it or not um the products we build are a reflection of our experiences right right um, you understand and so we also need our boys being represented in all of that as well mm-hmm. too. so um so i think what you're doing is very important and um yeah for sure very happy to come back and speak specifically yes yes um so and i'm still expecting my my ticket to see too because now my, <laughs> my my aim in this in this life in, in, in the u.s is I have so many friends around the U.S. and at some point every month of the year, I would say I'm coming to your your city. You're buying my tickets and you're me, feeding me. I just come to just be a nuisance in your house. 
So no worries, no worries. I got you. Just bring alcohol. No worries. I can buy. I can buy cola at the airport when I when I when I land. So that works. And yes, your mom has a message for you. She says. That when are you getting married? We need we need to come and eat rice. We need to come and double So I, I'm only delivering message. I'm not it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, so what, what time is it there? Um, it is two fifty-five p.m. Oh, okay, it's five fifty-five p.m. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it's been a very nice, nice discussion. I think this this probably be the longest episode on this on this podcast this season because and i think we still have more to talk about but sure. we just have to just cut it short so that people will not uh, get uh what's it called get tired of 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 listening and want to just cut off so um have a good one uh thank you for for your for um your time and say hello to my people there my yeah. other friends in in, in seattle We'll definitely do. Thanks a lot, Sean. All right. Bye-bye.